Alright, welcome to the Pup Sports Podcast. I am so pleased to be coming to you live again today. You know, two in one week, you know, uh, it's it's something to be said when you're popular, people want more podcasts, and that's just what I'm trying to give them. So uh, before we get to uh, our, our next coaching profile interview that I'm super psyched about this guy, um, I'm going to go ahead and remind everybody out there that's looking forward to the, the school year to start. Um, uh, kids, if you're out there and you're listening, um, just 13 days until uh, you're right back in it, uh, right back at school, uh, have fun. You know, those are going to be formative times for you, a blast. Just keep waiting till that August 28th day in which, uh, you know, you get to fall asleep in class again. So uh, without further ado, uh, let me bring you my next coaching profile interview. And now I am joined by a guy I went to school with back in 2011, has now climbed the ranks and is the head varsity boys soccer coach johnny bardich coach bardich welcome to the program thanks nate thanks for having me oh man it's uh it's it's just really cool i mean you obviously get to a point in your life in which teachers in which you once had in high school are starting to uh, make their exit and get toward retirement but it makes way for new teachers and coaches and you know that's one of the privileges in which you're entering uh, as far as, as like a new wave of teachers and coaches at prep. So appreciate you joining me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get started today uh, with a little bit of icebreakers, get us loose, uh, and also get people uh, give people a chance to get to know uh, Coach Bardich here. Uh, just like we've done and we did with uh, Mr. Ferraro the previous day, uh, give me height and weight, Coach. Let's see, sitting at six foot, 180. All right, we love that. You know, six foot guys, it's always like, 5'11 and three quarters, and I'll round up to six, so it sounds good. I love it, though. You're six foot in my book. Uh, Now, uh, back when you did play, Johnny, or I should, you know, I got to get rid of that. You are a coach. I need to treat you like one. Coach Bardich, when you were playing, man, what was your soccer number? I was number seven. All right, give me the backstory. Why? Cristiano Ronaldo, who was it? No, it wasn't. Um, I was actually a big Didier Drogba fan. He was number nine. But that's the central forward number. I was a winger, midfielder. Seven was for me. Okay, I like it. I like it. My uh, my brother wore number seven, so I like that. Um, now, uh, you have heard this question before, but I want to give it to you uh, because it's it's a tough one in my book. Burrito or pup muffin? Give it to me. That is a tough one. I think I have to go with burrito. Hands down, burrito. Yeah, no, it was a very common one, and people love to get the burrito and get a little bit of the salsa. Now, if you did the get... Works. Did you get salsa? Did you I do did. Salsa? I okay. was a salsa guy. Were you a guy that opened up the burrito, put the salsa on the burrito, or did you dip it in the salsa? That's a good question. I think I was a dip and go. Okay, yeah. You know, it, it's people are on the go. You only got 15 <laughs> minutes of break. You got to, you gotta, you know, make up time somehow. Mm-hmm. So uh, my next question is this, and this is vital. Um, I always knew you as a sack lunch guy back in the day. Um, give me your peanut butter to jelly ratio. I'd go heavy jelly, light peanut butter. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know. PSP, we got an issue here. <laughs> we just got word from Coach Bartich here that he is more heavy on the sweet side than the salty side. That is a shock to me because if you're out there, pup fans, 
and you're on my side, and I believe you are, it's way more peanut butter than it's jelly. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 60-40 guy. It's 60-40 in my book. You need more peanut butter. It's protein. I would dare say 70-30 jelly. Love it. <laughs> Just, you know, seeping oh, out the sides. Man, that is a topic for another podcast, I guess, because that would probably get way too heated, and we got way too many things to get to. Um, now, let's look at this. Uh, halftime, all right, during your soccer days, common you get some snacks maybe okay and my days for football it was orange slices Mm -hmm. so my question to you is orange slices or apple slices yeah it's the orange gotta go with the orange orange slices and side of capri sun okay all right it's it's the the combo that's fair because i feel like just the orange slices you come out of halftime and you just you you put it in second gear man you're just ready to go Mm -hmm. i love it uh all right now let's get into back in your time at prep two deans that we had all right i don't i don't remember you being too much of a troublemaker you stayed pretty clean which was good and probably why you're ultimately a head coach now um Mm -hmm. but if you had to choose okay between two deans we've got mrs han McEwen or mr walker what was your decision man that is a that's a tough one um i still deal with both today i i see him very often i coach mr walker's daughter so I need to uh, tread lightly. I, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Peggy Hamakewen. She taught me a little bit, you know, closer affinity with her, and that's what I think I'm gonna go with. Okay, all right. No, that that's fair. I think if, you know, I I didn't have um, the greatest relationship with uh, Mr. Walker, but probably if I had to make a choice of go see the deans, and I had to choose between the two, I. I'd probably err on going to Mr. Walker because Miss <laughs> yeah. Han McEwen, I could just see if, nope, it's black and white. You were wrong, and, you know, here's your jug. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, now, uh, last thing that I'm curious about. Um, we alluded to it in a previous podcast when I had uh, Steven Angelo Ferraro, shout out, uh, on, on the show. We talked about your Johnny Hustle ability. So my mm-hmm. question to you is, uh, if you were to race any one of your current soccer players do you think you could beat any of the guys currently on your team in a race i'd like to think so but i'm really not sure how long is the race well, let's go 40 and you're doing a 40 well, maybe a couple i'll go i could probably beat 15 percent you know what that means is uh, day one comes spring season when you yes. guys start. You know who's going to be there. Me, stopwatch. I'm marching out 40 yards and saying, let's go right now mm-hmm. because I know you guys have heard this. And, hey, Coach Bardich is challenging you. Mm-hmm. I think uh, many will gladly accept that. So you better start loosening up that hamstring right now, man. Right Seriously. now. <laughs> All right. So um, enough with the fun and games. Um Let's jump into the fact that incredible year last year, mm-hmm. your first year as a head coach, um, I didn't necessarily follow you guys as closely. It was the kind of thing from afar that coming back into Spokane, people alluding and saying, did you get a load of that soccer team last year? And, you know, Coach Bartish has got it. And I'm like, wait, wait, a couple things. You're bringing up the soccer program. Mm-hmm. Next, you're saying Coach Bartish. It's like, where have I been? So if you could, for those out there listening, um, take us through a little bit last year. Yeah, the, it was just a wonderful season. Um, 
I was with the boys. So I've coached JV for three years. This was going to be my first varsity season. And luckily I had a pretty good rapport with the boys. You know, I knew them really well and I knew how to push them and everything like that. So going into the season, I knew what we had. We had a couple surprises of, you know, a freshman that comes in. There's always a freshman that surprises. Um, And then, you know, a couple kids here and there. Uh, We were a pretty young team and it took us a while to get going. We had a very hard uh, spring season and especially a preseason. Um, as many know, our spring this year was, uh, I don't even know, cold, wintry, three feet of snow, you name it. Our Spokane spring. Thank you. May. Yes, yes. A great Spokane spring. And we were shoveling our first day of the season. I think our first home game was maybe three or four weeks into the season because we had snow on the field. Uh, we couldn't move it. You know, there's feet and feet. So it was a, it was a tough preseason, but I think we played the most in the GSL. We played our full six or seven. Uh, we went over to Seattle, got, you know, kind of got whooped when we played Issaquah and Redmond, you know, two great state teams, but then we knew we could play with them at the same time. So we kind of came back from preseason, kind of licked our wounds, got ready for the um, regular season, and then we kind of went off and running. Um, you know, the spring season for boys soccer, you kind of have to break it up. You have before spring break and then you have during spring break after spring break so you want to make sure that you get i think it's three or four games before spring break you want to at least get three points for a win uh one for an overtime shootout loss two for overtime shootout win so it's all about points in the soccer game um you want to make sure you have at least six points you know you want to get a couple points going into uh, spring season we had a tough game first game of the season played cv just a perennial powerhouse Took them to shootouts, ended up losing, but we got a very valuable point, which really came in at the end. Um, played a couple more games, got a couple more points. So we're going into sp- uh, the spring season, spring, uh, excuse me, spring break, feeling pretty well. And then you kind of hit the the dead of the season where we ended up playing, you know, some tough 4A schools back to back to back. Had a tough week where we lost to... <clears throat> U-High, LC, and Ferris back to back to back, which wasn't great. Last season of the regular season of the game, we play Mead at prep, senior night. Um, you know, the C- I have six seniors on the team. We're, you know, we're, everyone's excited. We're ready to go. We're finally playing some good ball. We have guys back, and we just play lights out. End up beating them 2-1. And that was honestly, me and my assistant, we were kind of talking about this. That was what we felt was the start of our season, the last game of the regular season. We made postseason, one of our goals, and then we just started running. And then we I think we rattled off six wins in a six of seven wins. You know, it took it took for our uh, back to be against the wall. But once we were there, we really knew what we had. And then we, we made a run to state, which was awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think that it was pretty cool. And one of the things that uh, I had the privilege is I, I checked out your Facebook page and uh, the pictures that were on there, you know, obviously as you get older there, uh, you post less and less. And so the first mm-hmm. thing that was at the top of your page was some photos in which, uh, shout out to Schmittlepix, yes. uh, Mrs. Schmittlecoffer <laughs> had uh, uh, posted on there and it was super cool because it had basically your guys' victory at Albi. And who was mm-hmm. that against? In Central Valley, that was for the district third place, winner out, uh, excuse me, loser out, winner goes to state. That's cool. And it was a wild game. Uh, they beat, like I said earlier, they beat us in the regular season. Um, we come out blazing. We score three goals in the first half, kind of unheard of, up 3-0 at halftime. 
CV and you knew they were going to come back, you know, great coach, great players, uh, dynamic players. And they come back and score three, you know, one goal, 10 minutes in another goal, 10 minutes after that, seven minutes left on the clock. They hit a header to tie it. We go to, we go to overtime first overtime session. One of our players hits a great free kick, game winner, rips his jersey off, and we all celebrate. And it was so a I'm going to stop moment. you right there, Coach. Okay. A guy ripping his jersey off mm-hmm. after a game-winning goal. Okay, mm-hmm. I see the fact that it was a game winner. Um, but the jersey ripoff, uh, had he done that at any, any point? He had not. No. Okay. But the, the passion, you you got to love it. It's it's a, it's a classic soccer move. Yeah, I just didn't um, know if I was seeing Zlatan Ibrahimovic out <laughs> there. It's yeah, just... you, Cristiano, Zlatan, they all do it. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a cool scene, though, because if you have the opportunity um, and, you know, you're a friend of the program and also a friend of uh, Coach Bardich, you can see a shot-by-shot tracking of the goal, being scored and then the celebration that ensued after that and one of the things that I wanted to point out that um, speaks to you as a coach and the respect those kids and love those kids have for you is if you get to the end of those uh, those shots where coach Bartich uh, runs over there to join mm-hmm. his team in the celebration mm-hmm. you see kids swarm to him to you know hey coach this is so awesome that kind of thing you can only imagine as they're hugging and making him mm-hmm. equally a part of that celebration that it's hey we're here and you know you brought us here and that's why we know we're here and it's just that's the coolest thing and i can't imagine that you want anything more than, than that as a yeah, coach it was it was a great moment um you know in my young coaching career it was my first gatorade bath that was also very cool <laughs> didn't see it coming um, it's just a great moment, but, but again, you know, hats off to the player. The, the coach can only yell so much. We can only game plan so much. It's all up to the players to execute. And especially in a game like soccer, I don't have a timeout. I don't have a, I have a halftime speech, but that's, or a halftime uh, preparation, but that's about it. So it's the kids need to be able to problem solve on the go and you have to be able to deal with the punches. So, uh, you know, hats off to our team, it extremely resilient towards the back end. And just dealing with, you know, dealing with all sorts of pressures that the kids really succeeded. And I think that makes me think of the uh, cliche that sometimes my dad would look at me and go, now, Nate, sometimes it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. So, you know, sometimes you just have to tip your hat to kids when they, you know, pull through and they make a game winning goal. And it's it really is. Um, a, a credit to those kids and all the hard work they put in. You know, not mm-hmm. that a coach doesn't do their job too, but it's you know, kids got to meet you halfway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, now looking forward, and you being a seasoned coach, you've had one underneath your belt. Yes. All right, old and crusty seasoned coach. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, what I want to know is, uh, um, what plans or what, what changes do you have uh, after that first year into the second year now? Well, the, you know, the, the coach I was at the beginning of the season to the coach I was at the end is starkly different. Um, just from player management to understanding a GSL season to, you know, little just kind of plays here, plays there, little just wrinkles in your game um, that I think <clears throat> I have to build upon for the next season. I, 
you know, from the JV level to the varsity level, of course I was with the varsity teams, being assistant and all that. Um, but it is very, very different to have everyone, you know, looking for you for all the answers. And I enjoyed that, and I really relished that opportunity, and I love being a leader. Um, I think me being so young helped me relate to the kids really well, and especially me being around the program. You know, it wasn't a big, you know, big change or anything like that. All the boys were really comfortable with me. So that really helped as well. But looking towards the future, we lost six seniors, you know, solid, solid players. And we have a young crew coming through. So I'm really excited. Our sophomore class is a really, really developed technical team. And, you know, this is a great team to build on. But at the same time, the JSL is tough. Um, They're always known. I feel like we always send someone to the final four. This year, Ferris made it to the final four. CV won it a couple years ago. Um, Just really tough, tough team. So for the future, it's just, you know, my preparation will be much different. Before, I had no idea what I was getting into, to be honest. Um, Now it's my player management, my dealings with the school and our recovery, which is a big deal of it all, is, you know, well more endowed. And I'll be able to hopefully, you know, take a step forward. Yeah, you know, um, for myself and I think a lot of others out there that, you know, soccer is still relatively new to them and something maybe they don't follow a ton, but I think that it's actually picking up steam and we've seen Mm -hmm. the success that the women's USA soccer team has had. Um, Hopefully the men can uh, make the World Cup next go around. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, What I want for our listeners though, and for even myself, when you say something like technical, Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that for guys? Uh, you know, foot skills, being be able to work in small areas. So, you know, direct play is you knock it and run. So you got athletes up top, try to just blast in. Technical players are, you know, you can work in small areas, tight combination passes, intricate runs, everything like that. Just kind of working in, yeah, small areas, great footwork, vision, all of that. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I like that. That's good insight um, as I obviously get more into the swing of the uh, technical conversation Mm -hmm. of soccer. Uh, So this is good, really good for me, informative, educational. You you learn something on PSP. Uh, All right, now, uh, expectations for the season, all right? You make it to the the state tournament last Mm -hmm. year. What's expectations this year? I think we have to keep it at the same or raise the bar. Um, I'm never satisfied. You, you can't be complicit. You have to always push and strive farther. And that's something I like to tell my boys, um, you, you know, never settle, always try to reach for goals because you know, you, you, you have to have lofty goals. You have to drive for those. So I think making state again, um, this year we played federal way, went over to their place, ended up losing two one, you know, really, really good game. Great team that the team we played, their center mid won uh, Seattle Times Player of the Year. So, you know, we went up against a pretty formidable team. I think he had like 24 goals and 22 assists, which is just out of this world for a high school player. Um, and, you know, Gonzaga Prep and Federal Way kind of have a bit of a rivalry in different sports. So it was a little tough losing to them. But the outlook for this season is, you know, the boys are used to my coaching style now. I have different tendencies and I have different tactics. And now they have that under their belt. I think we'll be able to build upon that and be able to go, you know, a leg farther, hopefully, and ideally go a leg farther. Yeah, no, I think without a doubt, uh, especially when you just talked about the fact that you've got uh, young returning talent Mm -hmm. that they're going to be able to build off of a season last year where they've got good postseason experience. And that's something to be said because 
you you can't replicate that in practice. To piggyback off that idea, um, you can't, you're you're completely right. Big game experience, especially in soccer, is huge because, like I said, you can't call a timeout. I can't, you know, 15 seconds left on the clock of a basketball game. I'm gonna call a timeout. We're gonna run a certain play that we've ran 35 times in practice, and we're gonna get a bucket. With soccer, I you know I can only yell for so far, you know, 60 yards away from the play of the ball. So what are you doing? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's you know they have to be able to, like I said earlier, you know, roll with the punches. They have to be problem solvers on the field. They have to communicate with each other, and then they have to get the job done collectively. So having that, you know, kind of with that in mind, it's you know that's that's all very important. Yeah. So to uh, build upon that and everything that you just alluded to. Um, what are, what are some things that you can give an example of, uh, that you've made the team your own? What's some things that you've come in and, you know, had the team adopt that's, you know, coach Bartich. Mm -hmm. Um, I think preparation, actually, I know preparation is key. So we would spend every training session, we would spend an hour to 15 minutes in the team room, watching film, going over certain tactics, um, I'd like to think that I got my team very prepared for the season and very prepared for every single game. We had a scouting report of every team, which I don't really know if they did that before, but that's you know that's <laughs> my spin that I put on it. And you know, knowing if they play a high line, okay, we're going to try to get in behind. Knowing if they have two dynamic forwards, okay, we need to be pinched and tight in our back line, be very compact, not allow through balls, yada, 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 you know, all that stuff. So being able to be prepared let the boys know what is going to occur, what's going to happen, so then they're not surprised. And all of a sudden, you know, this left winger is just blazing down the side and just torching us all game long. And these, you know, where'd that come from? Hopefully I give them an idea prior to that. And then also, you know, watching film, we spoke of it uh, briefly earlier, kids are such for visual learners these days. So I try to get them... Um, in front of film as much as possible, trying to be able to watch themselves, watch the team, not only watch the ball, but, you know, watch team shape, everything like that, and then being able to build on that collectively, moving the ball forward, back, possession, everything like that. So that's really important. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then uh, when you hear Coach Bartich say when we had spoke before, uh, it's it's an honorary thing here at the Pup Sports Podcast. You're a guest. Uh, you are truly a guest of honor. You come, you get a barbecue. Um, you you enjoy uh, some uh, some some daddy sodas maybe, and uh, <laughs> you you have uh, have a little pregame barbecue uh, before the podcast, and then we come down record, and uh, th that's how things flow. So if you're under the thought process of Oh man, what would it be like to be on that show? That's what it would be like to be on the show. You mm -hmm. you don't know what you're missing out on. Yeah. So gracious I, host, yeah, gracious. exactly. Um, so you touched on some really good things, and you actually had said, I don't know if they did that before when you were alluding to film work and prep work before you're to play a team. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the things though that you adopted from the previous coach before you, and and who was the previous coach before mm -hmm. you? So I've had great mentors in my life. Um, as a player, I had a great mentor, Tim Seeley. He was my coach for uh, multiple years, and he really kind of showed me the way of how a player should play. And then in my coaching career, um, Billy Barmus, who's the girls' varsity coach, he was the boys, but I've been under him for a few years. And then the previous boys' coach was Vernon Croft, and he has a wealth of D1 experience and a great coach as well. And he was a mentor that really kind of brought me or brought me under his wing and taught me just the ins and outs of being 
the head of a team, you know, you have 20 guys on your team. So it's, you, you know, you have all these different personalities, all these different egos, you, you know, bringing it all together. So he really did help me with that part, getting team chemistry, team morale, everything, and bringing that all together. So he was a great mentor and, and taught me quite a bit. That's, that's, that's really good. And it's really important. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, when I look at even a personal experience to watch my brother, here we go. That's 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 your classic voice crack that you've been well accustomed to. Now, um, my brother being a coach, and he's been a coach now for I feel it's been over ten years now. Um, he had the privilege of kind of the tutelage of my dad through coach for over thirty three years, and that's so important when you've got guys that are doing it the right way before you, and you have the opportunity to just. It slowly evolve and take your time to take piece by piece of what someone does really well. It's so vital. And then by the time you get to step into the head coaching role, it's you know, people look at you like, yeah, you are the head coach. They don't have that time period where they're like, what's this guy all about? It's no, we've seen him around. We've seen, we've interacted with him. We know he's fully qualified and we know that he's had great guys come before him and he's our expectation is equal to those that have come before. Mm -hmm. So that's really great. And it's like any profession, you know, you take bits and pieces, you know, you see what they do at this certain situation and you say, Oh, you know, I don't really like that. So I'm not going to use that. You see him act in this situation, you know, that's perfect. So I've, you know, being able to do that has been great. Yeah. Um, so what I want to shift things into now is looking at what it's like to be a head coach at a school in general. So we know that, and, and we've, we make jokes all the time, obviously, we see the crowds that football gets, we see the, the crowds that basketball gets, and then you see some other sports and you got, you know, the, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, the, uh, the three, parents. yeah, the three moms in the, in the <laughs> yes. crowd. But what I want to know is, um, what, what is it like to work with other sports within uh, a program or a place like prep? Yeah. First off, you know, I'm incredibly lucky to be able to be employed at prep and work at prep. It's a great community. The support system's great. Um, they back you 100% um, and everything. I can't, you know, I can't express how much I've had help from Gonzaga Prep and being able to work with me, my schedule, but also just, you know, support me throughout it. But it's... It took me, you know, as it once again as a JV coach, I was able to kind of see how the varsity coaches interacted with parents, interacted with coaches, other coaches, teachers, the school, everything like that, and I was able to pick pieces here and there. But you know, it's it's extremely easy. So track takes the field before us. You know, they're off at four forty-five. If they're not, you know, we jump on and they just jump off, and you know, it's 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 very easy. You know, we rarely have issues, and if do if we do, you know, we're always cool-headed and able to work it out with each other. That's really good, and I know that uh, one of the other challenges that you must face, and, and you have faced for years as being a JV coach and now ultimately being a head guy, um, when you're not on campus, I mean, that presents sometimes potential conflict, but a little bit of an issue. Uh, what I want to know is what's your experience been like working with administration? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being an out-of-building coach, you know, I don't get to see the kids during the day. I see it as a benefit, but also I see it as um, a little bit of a hindrance because I can't see them every day. I can't, you know, check on them. You know, some of my kids, I find out later, you know, didn't come till third period, and then they come to training. It's something I don't find out until, you know, later down the road. But 
being um being an out of building coach has its perks as well um you know i can kind of you know i don't have to bring my employment to my coaching as well for me coaching is a hobby it's an outlet i love it i have a passion for it i feel like i have a knack for it and being able to you know once i come to prep okay it's on you know we're ready to coach we're ready to prepare we're ready to train recover whatever it may be uh but being able to do all that at the school has been great and the facilities are top notch as well yeah no i being around that campus and walking down those hallways it's popping into offices and you see 65 inch plasma tvs on the wall and you're like yeah life stinks right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah no there are some different things that you know prep has uh and the community has blessed its coaching staffs with and i think that that's awesome i mean i'll brag about that any day of the Mm -hmm. week because it's the community that gives that stuff back it's not like um, prep teachers are going out and buying that stuff or, you know, it's just mm-hmm. being handed there. It's, it's the community that's saying, how can we help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, we always have a huge support from the families, which is great. And then also, you know, I come up to the athletic director, Paul Manfred and say, Hey, we want to do two games in Seattle. He says, okay, let's make it happen. Or we want to go do a trip here or a trip there. You know, it's never an issue. It's more of how can we get this done kind of thing. And that's the attitude I love. Yeah, no, that that really is nice. It's, it's nice not to have naysayers every time you come to them. And it's like, I'll try better luck, better luck next time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, now, so the other part and last piece of that, we touched on how dealing with other coaching staff dealt with how dealing with administration. Mm-hmm. Now the biggie and usually for... <laughs> Uh, new coaches is the of greatest challenge. What's it like dealing with parents? Yes, uh, the, my parents for my year were great. Uh, I once again, I think being coaching that freshman group, my JV, my first JV season really helped. I knew all the parents through all four years. We had a great relationship, and I think just being honest—that's that's the the biggest key. I. I'd like to think that I'm very upfront with all my players, um, playing time. If they have an issue, my office door is always open. If they can come talk to me at any time. And I also try to head those conversations off at the start. So there is no, you know, hemming or hawing or like, you know, am I going to play this week? Am I not going to play this week? I'd like to think that in training, first off, you set yourself apart. And then secondly, you know, you should know you're standing within the team. And with a soccer team, you know, you have your starters, you have your reserve players, you have your subs, and everyone plays a part. You have to have squad players, just like any other sport. You have to have squad players to bring up the the level. So, but anyways, getting back to the, the parent issue, I mean, my parents were wonderful. I never once had an issue. I, you know, knock on wood, but I, I hope to never have an issue. But I, you know, I've, I've heard horror stories. I've talked to the other coaches in the building. And, you know, unfortunately, we're in a day and age where the parents do play a role. And I would love for me just to, you know, it, my relationship was with the kid and me and, and the sports team and everything like that. Um, I'm, I have no problem having a relationship with the parents, but it really should just be between the coach and the the player. And that's, that's where it should be. And it, but once again, you know, the, the parents have been wonderful to me and <laughs> I, I don't have any, any horror stories to, to tell about. That's good. And I think that, uh, when you look at how the kids responded, when you had, uh, crucial victories throughout the year mm-hmm. uh it and even i think in, when i looked at one of those photos too it looked as if a dad had snuck down to the field 
when your players were celebrating and it was right there with the camera to capture every moment of yeah, it. Yeah, that so, sounds about right. <laughs> so you know that the support is there right now. And one piece that I would always say to you, parents are as loyal and in your corner um, when you're winning. Mm-hmm. And right now, <laughs> uh, one of the things that you've had a luxury, and I think it's it's a product of good coaching. You can't just say, oh, I was just blessed with the, a good team and I fell into it. No, it mm-hmm. was... Again, it's a it's a give and take thing. It's a meet me halfway. Um, you had a successful team, and that does a lot for parents, players, and then also too, you have less uh, guys coming into your office and saying about playing time. Mm-hmm. And the way that you know that it doesn't bother them, maybe that they didn't play as much, is that every single guy is down there celebrating when you get a win. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of thing of, oh, mosey on down. It was every player in their you know vests running over there uh, to, to celebrate with the team. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to parents, perception is reality. So that's that's just a whole nother, whole nother can of worms that we could dive into at another, <laughs> another date. <laughs> On another episode. Yes. Uh, so uh, last question for you. And, uh, and again, I appreciate you joining the show and kind of having the, the ability for everyone to kind of get insight on you as a coach. And then, you know, your, uh, your journey. Mm-hmm. to get to where you are today that I think is spoken for a lot of the success that we've seen. Uh, but my last question for you is uh, what what value does playing in this program at prep uh, bring to soccer athletes at prep? So why, why would a kid play soccer at prep? You know, I think, you know, pr- prep is it's a great institution you know not only with the academics but the athletics as well um facilities are great but you know you're going to be able to you know it's top-notch stuff and with my coaching i'd like to think that i prepare you and i get you thinking about the game in a little bit of a different way we always actually let me i'll ask you a question nate all right uh what is the fastest thing on the field the ball your brain. Oh wow! See, yeah, it's it's it, what you get them. You get them with that every time. Well, you know, uh, biology, chemistry, not my uh, or <laughs> physics was my strong suit, I guess. Uh, but okay, the brain. Yes, yes. I, I see it. I follow. I'm with you. Yeah. So that's something that I think that I like to challenge my kids. You know, I ask them questions all the time. I try to challenge them mentally because that's a lot of you know plenty of guys are fast they're strong they're quick athletic yada 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 right but not a lot of people are mentally fit or have the mental fortitude to be able to play 90 minutes or excuse me high school game 80 minutes um but be able to you know shield off a tackle pick up your head find a pass all of that so i'd like to think that at consecutive prep we we prepare you but we also challenge you intellectually we challenge you mentally and really get you ready for the rigors of a game but then also try to get you ready for business life or work life because there's plenty of times when you're in the office and you have to problem solve on your feet or you have to do you know a problem occur and you have to jump out at it or you know all these different things so being able to think on your feet think quickly but then also be challenged in an athletic way i think is really important Super important, and I've I think I've encountered that plenty of times in which I could channel back to, you know, an athletic career in which you're on the field in a given moment, and you've got to make that split decision. Now we do have one question mm-hmm. from a active listener uh, that when I was speaking to him just earlier today, 
Justin Gates had a question for you. A uh, former teammate of yours yes, back club, at club and high school. Uh, Justin wanted to know and wanted your input of what impact has uh, the soccer program had uh, from guys that solely play soccer only now. So back in the day when mm-hmm. he said that he played, he had he was like one of the only guys that played soccer, and that was the only sport he played. Mm-hmm. Now it seems, do you guys have more sole just soccer players? I would say unfortunately, yes. The way high school athletics are going, it seems to me that you have to specialize by like eighth grade. Um, and that's a shame. I, I fully believe that kids should play as many sports as possible. Um, and there's a bunch of studies out there that say, you know, two sport, three sport athletes are more resistant to injuries and all these different things. Um, Kobe Bryant said that he had a lot of success in basketball because of soccer. He grew up playing soccer in Italy and he learned how to work in threes and fours. A lot of soccer players nowadays work in one and twos, you know, give and goes like basketball, but you need to be able to see the bigger picture and work in threes and fours. So, being able to do that is, you know, really, really key. And question out, question from a listener. I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, we love active uh, listeners out there. And again, we want to open it up to anytime you have a question uh, for a potential interview that we'll have with a coach because we're going to profile every coach at prep. Um, well, I shouldn't say every coach, every varsity coach to cover my bases. Mm-hmm. If we get to more than that, great. I'd love to get into as many interviews as I can. But if you have a coach where you're like, when you sit down with Coach Bardich again, I want you to challenge him on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hold his uh, feet to the fire and see how he handles it. Uh, but uh, in wrapping things up today, I want to thank you for joining us. And uh, you know, I, I want to throw one compliment your way. Uh, you have a consistent vernacular that a lot of tenured coaches have at prep when i had the privilege of sitting down with uh, coach mckenna he spoke exactly in a similar vernacular of like yourself and kind of buying into the prep way and having something to hold of your own and uh you know as, as far as buying to players and everyone having a role and you know it's it's just a variety of things that basically it's just similar words in which he used and you use as well and so it's i think that that's a good sign of a a quality coach when someone is already using that you know one year after being you know Mm -hmm. a head guy and it's the institution too they back us that's for sure yeah no that's an excellent point so that's to say uh, you're out there and you're thinking where is a good place to coach where is a good place to send my son or daughter Where's a good place in which I can just be enthralled in a community? Look no further. I guess it's uh, Gonzaga Prep University. We are uh, we are in their uh, pocket, I guess. We're we are their number one plug. Uh, so uh, again, thank you for have or thank well, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on the program because that means so much to the show and so much to the people out there. Yeah, Nate. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. All right, go pups. Uh, I remind you again. Uh, my name is Nathan Alford. That guy was Coach Bardich. Um, you can look to see more interviews with Coach Bardich come spring season when he's uh, obviously in the thick of his uh, boys' soccer season. Uh, but we're going to look to actually pull uh, Coach Bardich uh, when he is uh, coaching the girls' team coming up this fall. So stay tuned. Uh, it's, the, it's not the last that you've heard of him. Uh, But remember, you heard him here first on PSP, and uh, stay classy out there. Go Pups!